I push myself on my business stuff, like doing my marketing and spending time on my stuff and developing my authority, which is different. You know, it's different than working on customer stuff all the time. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. I'm so excited to share a recent interview I did with one of my favorite students, Emily Wilkins. She's the founder and CEO of Marketing Metal, and what I love about her story and her evolution in the No BS Agency Mastery Program is that she didn't waste any time going all in on a niche once she realized it was the niche for her. She had spent most of the first decade of her career in marketing and sales support at job shops. And when she came into Nobius Agency Mastery, she was working with everybody. But when she went through our process of finding her niche, it became immediately obvious that job shops were the niche for her. And by narrowing her audience so specifically, she thrived quickly and built herself up as an expert and authority in the space. And I just can't wait to share it with you because it's a perfect example of what happens when you own the obvious niche. Emily developed a radical new process that gets these vital small businesses exactly what they need and empowers them with the knowledge, tools, and resources to build a successful business that will thrive long into the future. Emily is another one of my go-getter action takers, and I can't wait for her to share what she's done and the successes she's had so far with all of the action that she has taken. Without further ado, here's Emily Wilkins. Emily, I am so excited to have you here. It has been just an absolute joy to watch you transform over the last year and a half. And I thought it would be fun to bring you on here so that you could kind of share what all has taken place and also some of the strategies that I know have worked incredibly well for you growing your small branding agency. Let's start at the beginning. Take me back. I think it was a September <laughs> last year. As I recall, it was actually a pretty emotional conversation that we had. What was going on at the time? Um, I think your pet had just passed. Yes. Love of my life, George, my, my giant floof ball. <laughs> I, it was really hard. And my, um, I had won a big website project and I had the client planning on doing retainer work with me. So I had hired a couple of people because I was building up my retainer clients and they pulled the plug without any warning and like were late on payments and just were a nightmare. And so basically this was like the week before Memorial Day of 2021. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And so I was, I had to fire the two people that I had just hired and gotten up to speed. I felt like my whole world and everything that I had been building was crumbling. And yeah, so I was actually doom scrolling in the parking lot waiting to find out about George at the emergency vet on Memorial Day when I came across your ad (laughs) and um, went down your rabbit hole. And I think the first download I found was the blueprint to a no BS agency. And I was like, oh, my God, she's just speaking to me <laughs> like everything, everything you were saying. I was like, oh, my God, 
this, these are all the problems I'm having. This is why my life is blowing up. And like, yes, all of that happened. But also I had been working my ass off all summer long. I was overwhelmed, tired, like hadn't had a break. And we live in like vacation town, USA. So like, you know, it's even harder when everybody's out playing in the sun and you're grinding in your, you know, in your house. So, so yeah, it was a little bit of an emotional time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I really distinctly remember our conversation. And that's a lot of things happening at once. And, you know, just as a side note, it's like people love the retainer clients, right? And you like feel this security, but then where's the security? They can just back out. Like you think that they're going to stick around and maybe they will, but like totally screw you if he doesn't. Retainer so <laughs> yes, retainer clients. So great until they're not. Um, you had to let people go. You'd been working your ass off. You didn't get to play all summer. What made you join us? A lot of people in that state of mind will kind of just be like, fuck it. <laughs> there was a lot. Like, I just really, everything that you were saying made so much sense to me. And it wasn't just all summer. Like, I, I had, I was like two and a half years into my business, still only getting paid probably less at first than what I was in corporate America. And I was trying to, you know, trying to build something that would give me more free time, not less free time. And I was just working all the time. And I think the other thing that really attracted me to your, um, your system and your program was the, like, finish a project and get it out the door. Like, I kind of hated retainer clients <laughs> because it was just ongoing the same thing over and over again. And they were just always you know, always needed things and just doing the same social media posts over and over again for the same company was like, I wanted to tear my eyeballs out. So <laughs> totally. I get it. I'm glad you said that. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Okay. So, so what, what did you want? What were you, what were you, what were you hoping to build by joining us? I l also liked the authority piece of it, although it was, it was super scary to me. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to. <laughs> spend time on the internet doing all this stuff and like positioning myself as an expert and all of this. But at the same time, I knew, you know, that there was a lot of benefits to that and, you know, in future earning potential and being able to, you know, having an audience that likes me and <laughs> likes what I'm doing and um, appreciates my brilliance and all of that. So I think that was definitely part of it. I liked the community aspect because being an agency owner working from home gets lonely and, being able to talk to other owners that are in the same position as me and doing the same program was like, it was really cool. So yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. Um, it's really hard to be in your own world in your house, even though you're on zoom all day, maybe with clients, it's still like right. lonely, right? So <laughs> let's, let's go back to last year. What, what changes did you make early on and, and what kind of was your experience? Well, the first thing was, um, was niching down. Well, you would, you were trying to get me to do more outreach first, but I think I had like, you know, I had let go of those two people and kind of gave myself a little bit more space mm -hmm. to take, take a little bit of a breather. And I was just really inspired by everything that you were doing. And I got a lot of inspiration from the people in the group. So I really, you know, went all in on that, the niching strategy and, um, doing your worksheet of, who were my favorite customers in the past who paid the most and which were on both lists. And that was like, yeah, this is super easy. Obviously I have <laughs> all of these manufacturing clients that I've worked with and 
And it's funny because before that, I didn't really think that I, I never thought that my career had like a, any sort of rhyme or reason to it. But then for some reason doing those lists, I was like, yeah, obviously manufacturing. And that was kind of in the back of my mind when I started my business. That's why I called it marketing metal because like metals, the, you know, the raw material that you're using to create a, a marketing platform for my customers. So that was kind of my idea behind it. And, but yeah, I, I had been a generalist and I had been just taking on whatever, you know, whatever project fell on my lap, which was also presented its own challenges because it was like people in my network, like, you know, you're, then you're like blurring the lines of friendship and, mm. you know, they're all like friends coming to me <laughs> with business ideas or whatever. And not that I don't want to help. I want to help my friends, but I don't want to be charging them <laughs> for it, you know? Right. So I think the, the idea of a, the idea of, having a very specific customer that I help was was kind of liberating for me. Yeah. And that's very yeah. specific. I mean, these manufacturing mm -hmm. small job shops, you call them, right? These job yeah. shops. Gosh, yeah. that is so niche. And uh, <laughs> just side note for listeners, it was so perfectly aligned for you, Emily, and it made so much sense. And you had a lot of experience in that. I would never suggest mm -hmm. somebody pick something like job shops off of a list when they've never worked with them. But you actually <laughs> have worked with so many of them. That's why it made so much sense for yeah. you. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you picked your niche, then what'd you do? I redid my website, <laughs> like in, you know, two days or whatever. Yeah, you did. Like, it was badass. Got into too. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you had had a couple workshops right around then that were like, you know, longer things that gave us time to kind of work through some stuff. So we, we were doing some of that. Yeah, I did that. And then I dove into the outreach. And um, at first, it was kind of excruciating. But, uh, you know, my my script was something like, you know, we've all been disconnected because of COVID. And, you know, I'm looking to reconnect with people. So and I had a pretty decent LinkedIn network already, just mm -hmm. because I was good about connecting with people that I met in my career. I never, uh, never posted anything there. But every time I logged in, I started seeing like I have friends that are like, actual LinkedIn influencers. <laughs> so I started kind of seeing their stuff. And so engaging more interacting more and just telling people where, you know, this is what I'm doing now and telling them about my my LP, which I'm, I call the setup, because mm -hmm. in a job shop, the setup is an important part of the project's success. I love yeah. that. So you started selling LPs and you stopped mm -hmm. writing proposals? Yeah, I, I write the LP brief. You write the LP brief, <laughs> so, but you get paid for it. Yeah. So what was, the, what was that experience like? I stopped free proposals. You stopped sure. free proposals and you started getting paid for it. What has that yeah. LP process been like for you? What kind of reactions do your clients get from when you do it? It's been great. They, they love it. You know, it helps them get some new ideas on how they approach their business and who their audience is. It's a, an eye-opening experience. And until recently, most of them have, have upsold and I haven't had to like sell anything. They've, they're like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And, and I had two, two of my briefs were my biggest package, like super high within the first year. I mean, I, over 30K projects. So over 30K projects sold from the LPs. Yeah. And it was kind of a seamless process. Yeah. And yeah. why do you think that is? I'm everything that you teach us. I mean, like establishing your authority in the beginning, um, you know, being really like, we have this process, this is what we do. This is how, you know, we stick to it. And, um, and just by communicating that to them, that, that this is our process, 
you know, kind of closes the door for them to be like, well, can we do that? You know, like, do the scope creep thing. So so now is your time to brag because you had a really good year last year. And I would love it if you could share just Mm -hmm. a couple of things about what that looked like. What did because that was like kind of the first full year after you had implemented some of this stuff. What did 2022 look like for you? Yeah, uh, 22 was huge. I think shortly after I rebranded, um, there was a a trade show in my in my local town here, and I met one of those LinkedIn influencers that I talked about in manufacturing. So he he has a huge audience. Wow. We knew each other from a past uh, past work experience. So I was talking with him, and he was like, "You need to talk to uh, Megan Zimba of Mavens of Manufacturing." So she had this podcast still has this awesome podcast, Mavens of Manufacturing. Jake introduced us, I think, and then she invited me to go on her show. And that was my first like going on a podcast and talking about my, you know, my expertise kind of thing. And that was that was like November of that year. And then from that, I got another opportunity, like I reached out to another podcast, like a LinkedIn live thing. um, And I asked if they needed guests and he welcomed me on. And then he actually just had me back on his show yesterday with a couple other, <laughs> a couple other people. So, so like one led to another. And then shortly after that, I reached out to, um, a, a sales guy or he's like, he was like VP of sales at a, a tool distributor. So he, they sell tools to my customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had reached out to him and asked if he wanted to meet up for, for coffee sometime. And in that conversation, I found out that he, it, like his company was sponsoring part of this, sh- like a third of this show, this conference, and they were looking for um, speakers. And his marketing marketing person, she is amazing, and she was trying to get more women, you know, to to speak at the show. And I said yes to the opportunity. I had no idea what I was going to speak about. We kind of like went back and forth on titles and stuff for a little while, and then I had my first professional talk at the show in <laughs> in August last year and it was amazing. Um it was actually like the most attended speaker I think at the event. So yeah, that was awesome and then um I applied this year for one of the biggest conferences in a, in my space and I just got the confirmation that they accepted me. Yeah. So. <laughs> ah, so that's excited. so amazing. <laughs> yes. And so and so cool because these are these are pretty big big uh, positions to, you know, big spots to get, but they're also, they're in such a specific niche and you being Mm -hmm. in that niche, right? I mean, it's, it's cause it's you, it's cause he presented Mm -hmm. you as this expert in this specific space, Mm -hmm. because I don't know if it would have made sense for them to bring just any branding person onto like the podcast. No, definitely not. Yeah. Right. No. I mean, it opened doors pretty quickly because you hadn't really started even Mm -hmm. building your authority until like Mm -hmm. when you niched and you got these spots. Right. Yeah, I I was actually on, I think I was on 12 podcasts last year. And five of them were like a, like a mini series on um, (laughs) manufacturingmasters.com, which is like a learning platform for for manufacturers. So just brought a ton of opportunities and um, they're still coming. So (laughs) and so what was the result of that uh, in terms of getting business? So the biggest podcast that I have been on was the Fabricator podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's um, the organization that does that as part of the show that I'm speaking at this year. Mm-hmm. So I did that last October and it was in person. I They were in Chicago. 
just had a really fun time. And my he told me that my episode has the most downloads on Spotify. <laughs> I was like, no freaking way. Because there's like all these really cool, like famous metal artists that they've interviewed. And yeah, so it's kind of it's really crazy. There were like 13,000 views on my YouTube on the YouTube one. Amazing. Well, because you got the yeah. goods. You got what they need. <laughs> Their audience is hungry for your information <laughs> on how to level up their businesses. As much as I'm sure yeah. they're interested in the celebrity metal workers, <laughs> this is this <laughs> right. is the stuff they yeah, really that's need. That's and then in terms of like, tell me a little bit about how your business looks different. So like, what yeah. what changes did you have in your business? And, and what were your, how did your sales grow or stay the same last year as opposed to the year before? They definitely grew. I mean, it was like, it was like 100 grand more, I'm sure. And I paid, you know, I have people that I contract with yeah. for things. Um, the big projects were there was a lot of video. So I, I obviously pay my, my video guy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a big chunk of that. But, um, you would ask how it helped. And I, well, I've, I've gotten quite a few leads from that, just that fabricator, um, interview. And I get people reaching out to me on LinkedIn now too, just from, cause I'm on there posting a lot and, and the podcasts that I've done and things like that. So yeah. And how about the projects themselves? How are you doing with retainer clients, with bigger projects? Like, what does that uh, process look like now? I still have a couple retainer clients that were like grandfathered in, um, and they're not in manufacturing. <laughs> one is like a passion project. The other one is just a really awesome customer. And then I have, I, I'm offering like, like an upgrade kind of a thing for existing clients. And I also offer like a quarterly strategy mm -hmm. um, session. <laughs> so what does that look like? Um, well, the, the two big projects, mm -hmm. for example, we go on site for a couple days. We Both of those, we were on site for four days mm -hmm. with cameras um, and lighting and whatever. And we um, interview some of their staff, interview some of their customers and put together these different videos for them. I think we're probably delivering more than we need to for the sure. price point. We're working on that. But yeah, and they they really like the intensive process. It's, you know, it's a long day. So it kind of, it, everyone's very exhausted by the end of yeah. it. But, um, but I think they love just being done with it and like getting it done. Mm -hmm. And just having that, you know, having to sit there for a little bit of time, we go through everything and and then they don't have to think about it again because that, you know, I've worked for agencies where we're going back and forth with the customer for months and they just are, you know, bad at getting back to you. And when they do, it's like half-assed responses. And yeah, just like going through everything together and, you know, explaining the why behind why we designed it a certain way or, you know, why we are wording things a certain way, I think is very powerful. Um, a big part of my offering and what, you know, my selling points to my customers is empowering them to use their marketing and grow their business because a lot of these shops don't have, you know, they don't have huge marketing budgets and in, and their work changes all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, they're always doing different things and doing different projects with customers. So it's, um, no one's going to know their work and their projects and their customers better than they are. So I set up, set them up with the foundation and then they, Kind kind of run with it from there. So, yeah, it's they love it. <laughs> and what about you and your lifestyle? Were you able to have fun last summer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun last summer. 
I still work too much, but it's also like a, a me thing. <laughs> I, I would say I'm working more, you know, I push myself on my business stuff, like doing my marketing and spending time on my stuff and developing my authority, um, which is different. You know, it's different than working on customer stuff all the time. Totally. I find when people free their their work time up because their client work takes up less time, they just Mm -hmm. fill it with their own business. And that's (laughs) your choice. That's what I do too, right? Like, oh, I've just freed up all this time. Well, I'm not going to like sit on my butt. I got all these things I want to do. So... And then I'm just still very busy, but at least, <laughs> but at least yeah. that, that yeah. time is being funneled into something that's building long-term value in the business. For sure. Yeah. Um, I did get to go on a couple vacations. Uh, we went skiing last month and I'm going skiing again next month. My husband's going skiing this weekend. Uh, I went to Florida in January. <laughs> so it's allowed you yeah. to kind of take time off and time away. Definitely more than I was before. Uh, awesome. And uh, something that I really wanted to share with people, because this is not a strategy that everyone is going to capitalize on. It's not going to work for everybody, but it's worked really well for you. Um, tell us a little bit about what you've done on LinkedIn specifically. And I want to just put a side note here. Um, part of what I've seen, the reason I've seen this work so well for you, Emily, is because, again, of your very specific niche, which means you stand out. You stand apart to your ideal clients very, very quickly. And I call that shine, right? Like if you're standing right in front of a job Mm -hmm. shop person, they're going to pay attention whether they need you or not, because it's like, well, how many branding agencies for job shops are there really? Um, So there are none. There are none. (laughs) And except for Emily, she's the only one. Um, So tell us a little bit about what you have done in the past on LinkedIn or recently that has really uh, worked for you. Yeah. Just posting consistently, being personal, you know, kind of sharing more of my personal story is always good. I always get a ton of engagement from that. And just networking like crazy. Like I, you know, as I'm engaging, if I find somebody that's commenting on something, you know, I go follow them and ask to connect. And um, there's a little workaround on LinkedIn. If you're not a premium, you know, they want like a 100 bucks a month or whatever for LinkedIn premium. But if you if you do a connection request for with somebody, you can add a note and it gives you like 300 words. So I just add a note and just say like, I have a script. I, it looks like we have a lot of mutual friends and interests and I, you know, I'd love to connect. And then when they accept or vice versa, if they reach out to me to connect with me, then I send them um, my calendar link and I ask for a 15 minute intro call to see how we can support each other. <laughs> and have you been getting on calls because of that? Oh yeah. I've met I think I counted, I've met over a hundred people last year on LinkedIn (laughs) and I I could have done more, but (laughs) Emily, I just really want everybody to hear that. Like you Mm -hmm. are doing the work to build that network and you're becoming a celebrity in your niche. And those two things Mm -hmm. together really develop that long-term value that we're looking for because um, the longer you do that, the less you'll have to do Mm -hmm. it really. Yeah, for sure. And LinkedIn, LinkedIn's not a good place for everyone. Like it's, it's great for manufacturing. There's a ton of manufacturing people on there. So it, it works out really well for right. me, but it's, it's not right. For everyone, so. Your people are on there. My people are there and you're well positioned for them to see you. And when you reach out to them, it's mm-hmm. like, how am I not going to connect with this person? Clearly they're in the space that makes sense for me to connect with them. Right. 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 Exactly. It's yeah. so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. W- one last question, uh, before we go, Emily, w- you have been in our in our program since 
very early on. Like it has evolved quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think and hope for the better. It's only getting better. Um, <laughs> our community is growing and, you know, I'm constantly trying to up level everything that we do to support you guys, uh, to take it to that next mm-hmm. level because you're really in the stage of we're going to, it's time to make you a celebrity in your space. What would you say to somebody who is considering joining us, uh, the mastery program? I would definitely um, recommend it. It's amazing. Everything that you've done to make it better, I think is, has been great. I love that you're not on Facebook anymore because I hate Facebook. <laughs> Our community is on all, Facebook. Yeah. The community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were doing all that on Facebook. So yeah, it's the, the materials. I saw somebody's, was it Mike's comment today about your videos and your worksheets and stuff that you do? I mean, there's so much content on there to learn and you just have so much knowledge and have, sh- just changed my mindset on so many different things. Um, and it's so much more than, than just like, like your business process and, and, you know, building authority. It's like, it's mindset things like money issues, relationship things. Like, you know, there's so much I've, I've learned so much from you and I'm like, so incredibly grateful. I'm so excited that we get to meet in person yes! in like two months. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't I wait. Know. Oh my gosh. I, I can't wait. I can't believe how long I've known you and seen you over Zoom and we're actually going to be in the same room together. I feel like you're going to be like like five inches taller than than me. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like towering over me. Um, I know. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Emily, well, I have to say you have just done an incredible job on all of this because you show up, because you do the work, because you execute at a really high level. I say that to you because I want you to like really remember that and like pat yourself on the back for that because all of your successes <laughs> are because of your effort. And also because I want people listening to hear like there's all this stuff to learn. There's so many things you can do and you have to keep showing up and doing the work. And like, yeah, you're still going to yeah. be on, you know, ups and downs in business and that's business, yeah. but yeah. consistently showing up is going to upward trend to amazing heights. For sure. And like, and, and having that group of people that get where you're at, they, they completely understand every situation that I'm in, every down, they, they get it because they're there too. So just having that community around me and people that I can, you know, reach out to when thing when I'm struggling. Um as long as I reach out, which is my other biggest problem. <laughs> <laughs> which we consistently but. encourage everyone to keep doing. Reach out. You you have yes. a home here. You have people to support you. Emily, yeah. uh <laughs> Our listeners are not job shops, but they might know job shops. So uh, (laughs) if they know somebody who um, might need your services or could hook you up with some speaking engagements, because again, like it's really easy to send referrals Emily's way because she is clearly the person (laughs) someone should talk to in this industry. Uh, Where where can people find you? Yeah, um, marketingmetal.com. And um, I'm on LinkedIn, Emily Joanne Wilkins. Uh, That's where I'm at most. Most often. Good. Focus there. You don't need to do anything else. We'll put those links in the show notes. Um, Emily, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story. I'm so delighted to have watched you thus far. And like, I have no doubt on the heights you're about to hit in the coming months and years. So I'm just really grateful to be along for the ride with you. Thank you so much for everything. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom.
The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. 